And good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. We're here in Grand Rapids, Michigan. We've been here all week uh, and enjoying our time at Acton University 2022. Again, COVID uh, really limited uh, what we could do the last two years. But here we are. We're back doing what uh, we've enjoyed so much uh, for many years now, and that is interviewing men and women who are here thinking together, conversing, presenting, uh, and exploring the intellectual foundations of a free and virtuous society. With me right now is uh, Ismael Hernandez, founder and president of the Freedom and Virtue Institute. Uh, the Institute exists to challenge the paternalistic, condescending, and statist way of attending to the problems of poverty in America. Uh, Ismael focuses on uh, training in effective compassion. They have student programs that extend throughout the United States and the Caribbean. Uh, his writings have appeared in various newspapers, including the Washington Times, as well as Crisis uh, in World. He's the author of the book Not Tragically Colored Freedom, Not Tragically Colored Freedom, Personhood, and the Renewal of Black America. And just recently, Race and Justice in America has been published by the Freedom and Virtue Institute, uh, which we're going to give a good deal of time to uh, in the very near future. But it's good to see you again. Good it's, to see you. It's always uh, nice to get yes. together here. And let me, let, let me, um, why don't you give us just a sketch of what the Freedom and Virtue Institute's been doing the last yes. few years? Well, as you say, as you know, the Freedom and Virtue Institute started 11 years out of Acton, you know, yeah. out of this experience with Acton uh, Institute, uh, me coming out of Marxist-Leninist right. background, yeah. discovering the ideas of freedom, discovering the ideas of Acton, and wanting to go to the inner cities with a new way of looking at poverty and looking at the poor, a new anthropology. Yeah. And that's what we have been doing through training, Mm-hmm. on effective compassion and training nonprofits and churches on how to authentically love the poor by making them the protagonists of their own development you know, instead of yes. remaining senior in the drama of our good intentions right many right. many th- yeah. th- uh, things happen and we have gone all over the country doing this training we also have a program for children it's an entrepreneurship program it's called the self-reliance clubs okay we are in the Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, Colombia, Venezuela. Wow. Very soon we'll be in the public schools in, in Kenya and That's Uganda tremendous. with Catholic schools. So we, since the last yeah. time I saw you, we have grown tremendously. Uh, that, that is. That is <laughs> yes, really an explosion. Yes, absolutely. Well, congratulations. Uh, yes, thank you. And I'm, after this, living to Milwaukee where we are growing and the same in Fort Wayne, Indiana. So we are really expanding. Yeah. And, uh, and now we began our research uh, think tank portion of the institute by the public because we wanted to give ourselves 10 years of active involvement in the communities before we wanted to talk to people. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, and that comes yeah. out of my experience. You want to work on practice before exactly. you start talking about <laughs> exactly, it. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, when I came as a Marxist, it was the air of freedom I experienced in America, the one that made me pick up a book. And I thought that we need to be active and present in the lives of people to earn the right to talk to them. And now that we have been doing, and we published our first book, and and we have an exciting new program, uh, Commonality Training, for businesses and corporations 
is a response to the critical race theory yes. uh, craziness, I call it, uh, yeah. that is inundating our, our, our society. Uh, you know, I was <coughs> excuse me, I was talking this over with uh, Kishore uh, yes. Jayabalan the other day, and he mentioned yes. it, uh, that you have this commonality yes. training. <coughs> um, and I, uh, Before I go through that, I want to ask yes. you a question. Uh, I don't know if it's Kishore who told me this, or Father Sirico, but um, we just had Father's Day. Yes. And mm -hmm. somebody said they heard you uh, give a, an extraordinary tribute mm -hmm. to your father, oh, yeah. you know, who, who was a active Marxist. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> tell, tell us a little bit about your dad yes. in light of that, because I think uh, you've yeah. told, told me mm. a lot in the past uh, yes. about your story, but yes. your listeners may not remember. Yes. Well, my father was founding member of the Puerto Rican Communist Party. Well, okay. It was called the Movement for Independence in 1959, started, and in 10 years became the Socialist Party of Puerto Rico, heavily aligned with the Cuban Revolution. Yeah. And with the thought of the Marxist, uh, uh, cultural Marxist, uh, Antonio Gramsci. Yes. So I grew up in that environment, listening to my father's harangues against junkie imperialism and yeah. capitalism and selling propaganda, seeing him go to Cuba, uh, telling, seeing the FBI always in front of our door, uh, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> following my father. I, I was bring with me his FBI file, that, that 40 years of communist activity, court cases for terrorism. So he was a real, real Marxist-Leninist. I always compare him and us as Marxists with this cafe latte sipping, iPhone texting American revolutionaries. <laughs> 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 they, go, they go to the rally in the morning and shopping at the Gap in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we were an authentic Marxist-Leninist uh, community. And when I began to doubt socialism, was very painful because yeah. he he would not even speak to me. Yeah, yeah. For five years, I was because it it takes on religious significance, Absolutely. doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. All our relationships were Marxist. That was the air we breathed. That yeah. was an identity. You know, it was betrayal of me to surrender yeah. those ideas. Yeah, uh, yeah. But at the end of his life, he he was praying. That's all. <laughs> and going to Mass, and uh, he called me and he told me, Ismael, I don't understand what you have embraced. I don't agree, but don't be a fence-sitter. You better fight for what you believe. You know? And isn't that what we need? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. We talk about faith and freedom, and it's just... They are just boss words for the political time uh, or mm -hmm. for Sunday morning. <laughs> right, right. But they don't become authentic in our lives. Yeah. And I always say that the Freedom and Virtue Institute was dedicated for, to my communist father, who, f who taught me how to fight for what the things I believe. Yeah. Even though they are not the same things that he embraced, he taught me the necessity of being revolutionaries for freedom yeah. Yeah. instead of just talking the talk. Yeah, that's that was him. <laughs> do you, do you, let's talk about the commonality yes. training that you're offering yes. now. Um, it's an alternative to this uh, corporate uh, corporate mm. America has has kind of gotten behind mm. this diversity, equity, uh, inclusion movement. Yes, and so you've they're bringing in people to hold training sessions. Yes. on anti-racism, um, white fragility, uh, all, all, you know, the, in, you know, who knows, 
who what the people's intentions are, but it at least checks the box, right? So yes. You exactly. say, okay, you can't accuse us. You can't Absolutely. accuse us of not being socially responsible because look, we brought in uh, Robin D'Angelo or somebody yes. to to do these these yeah. things. Um, you know, we all the thing that's the thing that's galling to me <laughs> about this whole thing is that the Catholic Church is the most diverse institution historically Absolutely. and practically in the world today. Uh, those of us who meet together to share Eucharist are every single uh, race in the world, every single ethnicity, you know, um, and from diff- all different classes. Yes. And, and we, we never get any uh, credit for this. Yes. But we've been at this job a long time. Yes. And uh, so it's a little galling to see secularists all of a sudden imagine that they're the ones who are champions yes. of, quote, diversity. Yeah. So tell me about commonality training as an alternative yes. to uh, this, uh, a more humane and real. Yes. Uh, what I believe then is that diversity training now is almost passe. It's, it's now even more radical okay. kinds of yeah. tra- trainings. And, and they instrumentalize race to sell you an ideology. It is not about race right. and, and the, uh, diversity. That is the instrument to teach us an ideology that comes from neo-Marxist roots, Hegelian assumptions, uh, and German uh, idealistic philosophy. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, yeah left-wing German left idealistic w- philosophy. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So they are selling us um, a new view of the of society by utilizing. The eternal victim that is, uh, is is the black community, and and so it, it's it's degrading. It doesn't work. We have done the research. Uh, the effects of diversity training last about two to three days after training, <laughs> <laughs> and we have more lawsuits for discrimination after diversity training than before diversity yeah. training. Why is that? We, we give people a baseline for discrimination. What to look for to sue your company? Yeah. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> We're giving them information so you can sue the company. And why? Because information doesn't bring about appreciation. You know, I can have a PhD in Guatemalan culture and hate the gods of Guatemalans. Yes, you know? yes, yes. Information makes me think that you're too different from me. I better stay away from you. That's right. That's it's it's fraught with too, too many too many um, uh, pitfalls here. Uh, I'll be I'll be uh, cordial. I'll be polite. Exactly. But, uh, just keep but your let's distance. Let's not get too close. Yes, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And because you are afraid of the consequences. Yeah. So because you are inundated with cultural differences at the beginning to fabricate diversity, when diversity should be the result of a journey of encounter. A long dialogue, sometimes difficult, but we come together and there has to be something that unifies us to bring us us to the same table. And that is the universal commonality of human dignity. That is, we need to go back to kindergarten. This is not that difficult. (laughs) Kindergarten of what it means to be human. We are made in the image and likeness of God with the moral capacity of self-realization. And we are also broken by sin. We are wonderful and broken yeah. at the same time. That brings us at the table. Yeah. And in that journey, we encounter each other, we appreciate each other, we understand each other, 
we even become friends. And now I don't sue my friends. Right. Yep. right. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah you, you <laughs> learn how to work it out. You learn how to reconcile. You learn how to exactly. share exactly. and figure out how can we, how can yeah. we make this work. Yeah. And at the end, we end up with diversity. Because if you're my friend, I want to know everything about what makes you who you are. That's right. That's so right. I want to know about your family, your background. You tell me. And I appreciate it now because I appreciate you. Yeah. you know? yeah. But now... Oh, you're supposed to be white. Yeah. I know everything I need to know about you already. <laughs> That's right. That is right. Yeah. No. yeah. Exactly. It's it's it's, uh, it's just amazing to me. Uh, I've read Robin DiAngelo's book. Yeah. Uh, and I, I just I I it's it's so it's inhumane it actually. Is, it is. Because um, uh, can you stay with me a little longer? Yes. Okay. Yeah, My guest, Ishmael Hernandez founder and president of the Freedom and Virtue Institute, talking about the great work that they're doing that really has exploded uh, over the last few years. We'll be right back. Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta here in Grand Rapids at Acton University 2022. And with me is uh, Ismail Hernandez, founder and president of the Freedom and Virtue Institute. Before the break, we were talking about uh, the commonality training that uh, the Freedom and Virtue Institute is developing as an alternative to uh, these, uh, you know, anti-racism seminars uh, that corporate businesses uh, put together to try to create respect for, quote, diversity. So have you been, is this, is this, is this new, this a new initiative for you? Yeah, because I hadn't heard of it until the Keyshawn mentioned it the other day. Uh, So how, how do you go about making this happen? I mean, I love the idea and I'd love, uh, I'm sure you'll find, uh, Corporations that would be interested in this. yes, because I think your the your presentation, your argument mm-hmm. is compelling. Yes, and I think managers, I mean, managers know the importance of getting things done through people, and they do not like artificial barriers. Absolutely, you know, <laughs> and yeah. and that's what a lot of these. As you pointed out earlier, a lot of these seminars mm-hmm. do. They they reduce people to ethnicity or skin mm-hmm. color, mm-hmm. and they actually make people afraid mm-hmm. of yes. getting close because who knows what uh, trigger you're gonna you're gonna touch. You know. So yeah. how do you go about uh, quote marketing this or getting it into the mind yes. of uh, corporate leaders? Well, we are going to corporations. Uh, we are through our network of our website and other networks trying to tell people about the, the, the commonality training and once a corporation does it and they like it, they tell another That's another right. and it has some rippling effect. I, I am perceiving an eagerness in America for an, an alternative. Yeah. You know? I would and think. We thought that why just curse the darkness and not turn on the light and yeah. give people an alternative instead of fighting others or what they're doing 
present a positive alternative based on our principles of natural law and Christian values mm -hmm. that can be adapted to a secular audience or to a Christian yeah. audience and, and let people choose for themselves what kind of society they want, what kind of work environment they want. Yeah. They know it's not working. They just settled to check the box yep. that we did diversity training and we had the federal agencies off our backs right. <laughs> and we are diverse right. suddenly, right. you know, right. and, uh, and we have also seen that they understand that their clients are not always aligned with the diversity industry because they start putting uh, rainbow flags everywhere and do things like that. Yeah. And not everyone who comes to your business wants to see that. Right, right, exactly. So they do that because they think they have no other alternative. It's not that they really are convinced that that they believe in these movements. It's that they do it for convenience Yeah. because there's no alternative. That's right. Uh, uh, that's exactly right. I, mm -hmm. They don't know. They know that, okay, <laughs> yeah, we know enough about American history to know that, <laughs> you know, there's been a history of racism, uh, the, the prejudices. And yes. So, yeah, I guess we ought to do something. Uh, yeah. But they, they don't have anything good to use. <laughs> I mean, University of Michigan, uh, I've been told uh, by two people, who monitor the world of higher education, that they have over 100 diversity officials there at the University of Michigan. Now, just think about that. I think about a, that as a manager, and I say, if I've hired 100 people to, you know, to do this, quote, diversity work, yes. they're going to have to find problems to, to, to <laughs> yeah, justify exactly. their job. So you yes. basically are turning them into investigators to figure out Absolutely. who's who's violating yes. these standards that we've got, um, I'm sure some of them try to do creative work to community building and stuff like that. But with that many people, yes, just their, that's their job. Absolutely, and, and the staff bypasses the administration and goes directly to them. That's right. So they are perceiving that they are losing control of themselves. Yes. So it's for also for their own advantage. Sometimes they don't realize that they are putting the bullet in the in the gun that they are going to use to to yep. shoot at them. That's right. And, and they are beginning to realize that this is not working. Right. And the only way that you can have people appreciate each other is that they encounter each other as individual persons, unique and unrepeatable. I don't know how black people or white people think, but if I get to know you, I, I get to know how you think. That's right. And if you are appreciated in your, in your job, you are not going to go around trying to rally the troops for some kind of uh, ideology. You feel appreciated, they love you, they, they include you, and you're happy. Yeah. And that's what we need to do. Yeah. Number two, we are not here to change the world. We are here to create a working environment where everyone is included and everyone is appreciated. Leave your ideology for home. <laughs> that's, home. Off, that's, off, that's off mission for most businesses. Absolutely, exactly. you know, they, want, they want a workforce that's you know, doing the work exactly. that they've been... Uh, created to do, but they aren't there to change the world. Exactly. You know? exactly. So, so we start with an anthropological discussion of what it means to be human, yeah. what is human dignity, and, and, and what is virtue. 
what is virtue and then from that we discuss race and we we talk about the different uh, theories of race and the two alternatives that exist in America to look at race is the reformist uh, uh, outlook that gave birth to the civil rights movement mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and a second alternative with different antecedent uh, philosophical roots yeah. in neo-Marxist understanding that is very not reformist but revolutionary and separationist. Those are the two alternatives yep. we have at home. Yep. We are not denying the problem of race. Right. The question is how to address it. Yeah. Yeah. You, we reform our society because there is something worth fighting for still in our society or we reject the values of our society and we invent something different. Right. And I ask people, which one gives us the best chance of having an encounter? I think that they answer for themselves which one yeah. gives us the best alternative. Um, does America's preoccupation with skin color, yes. with race, is, is that um, unusual compared to other nations? I think it is. Yeah, I uh, definitely it is. And I call it racialism. Yeah. The inordinate attention to race yeah. and the 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 birth of racialism or the child of racialism is racism. Yeah. So racism is really not the big pro bigger problem. It's racialism. Mm -hmm. We have made race the heart of identity. It's at the heart of uh, who we are, and we need to snatch it from there and put it to the side. Because it, it is not who we are. It is a beautiful aspect of who, who we are, sure. but it doesn't define us in the absolute. Right. And that's what we have done in America. We are defining ourselves by placing people in these meaningless boxes yeah. that prevent us from seeing each other. I remember when my daughter graduated from a Catholic school, went to a school for a scholar's night, and uh, uh, when she entered, she had a good grade. She thought that she had been, uh, was going to be admitted on her merits. When she went to the scholars' night, it was all, only black, black and brown kids. <laughs> and she said, you know, there are no white scholars in this university. This is very strange. <laughs> Lo and behold, she found very soon that there were people there with 2.1, 2.3 GPA. Wow. This was a gimmick to get us Negroes in the universities. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, some, someone punches uh, uh, how many of us they want there and they get the bonus. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And she told me, Dad, they did not see me. Yeah. They didn't see me. And, and, and the, the idolatry of race is preventing us from seeing each other. Right. And that's the problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you know if. This, I mean, these kind of things seem almost self-evident to me, uh, and yet I know that in the mainstream discussion in journals uh, like New Republic and Atlantic and our news journals, they don't seem to understand this. It, is there an awakening happening on the part of uh, our, you know, our main, mainstream journals? Are there people talking like you? I see some of that yeah. happening. It's not enough, yeah. but I see more than 20 years ago, for yep. example. Okay. And, and the more radical we become in terms of race, that also gives an opportunity to create a contrast with a better yeah. alternative. Yeah. And that's happening slowly 
in, in America. I don't know if that's your experience. Yeah. But yeah. I'm well, the left, the, the, the left in the, I remember back in the late 60s, mm-hmm. early 70s, the left vastly overreached. Yes. And there was a boomerang effect, you know. Exactly. And I suspect the same thing is happening now. The gender is the yep. same. Yeah. Exactly and so we're, I think we're going to see, uh, I hope we're going to see a return to some sanity. Exactly. Um, and, uh, and I hope, you know, the good news is that when that happens, you're there. Yeah, you know, yes. You've got something. You've already built something. Yes. Exactly. That uh, people can then say, yeah, this Absolutely. is what we're talking about. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, if any corporation, is out, anyone from a corporation wants to explore this alternative, we would like to offer it and, and let people choose for themselves what kind of environment they want in the workplace. And uh, I, I do believe that the ideas of natural law, what it means to be human, is the alternative, is yeah. the answer. Love is the answer to the problems of race. Yeah. I know that there are questions of justice. Sure. And I, I we're not denying that. Right. The question is that, do we have the, the answer to that question? Or are we be, being given a definition of justice prefabricated, and this is what you have to do. These are, are our demands if you're going to be just. We are not having any discussion about what is the authentic justice issue. We are given ideology in, 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 coded as, as justice. Uh, part of the problem, mm-hmm. too, is that there is mm-hmm. groups that are pushing this left-wing uh, yes. agenda don't really believe in a common humanity. Exactly. They have, uh, your identity is fashion Absolutely. from a lot of accidental features. <laughs> exactly. You know, your age, your yeah. gender, yeah. your color, your yes, ethnicity, exactly. which from our perspective, Absolutely. yeah, those things are important, but yes. they, but, but they're, they're relativized exactly. because we all have a common human nature. Absolutely. And that mm-hmm. is the more secure place to begin this conversation, Absolutely. is a recognition of our common humanity. The problem with the, 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 the leftist approach to this mm-hmm. is, is that when we say that, yes. they believe that uh, that is a, a ploy exactly. to ignore the significance <laughs> of these other features. Absolutely. You know, and so they don't want to even talk about yeah. common humanity. It comes from neo-Marxist understandings yep. of the essence of reality itself. Right. Right. Idealism uh, that denies the existence of material, the material world. All that exists is the mind, That's you right. know, the, the, the a priori forms of cognition, as, yeah. as uh, Hegel used to call it. And it's, they, are, they form the body. Our mind forms the body. That means that what is in our mind is more real than reality itself. Exactly. So our concept of race is more real than reality itself. The same happens with gender. We need to challenge that because that is radically going to alter the society we are living in. Uh, Quickly, how do people stay in touch with you? FBinstitute.org. Okay. (laughs) We'll have it listed on our site as well. Thanks. Thank you.